Happy Monday. This week, we're going to tackle talc. Say that three times fast. How did it get to be such a menace? And why is it still in so many different products from baby powder to cosmetics? So sit back, relax, and let's uncloud this episode of Beauty Reform School. Oh, hi. You stumbled across Beauty Reform School, the podcast that explores beauty, style, reinvention, self-care, all from the perspective of the outside looking in. We pick apart the classics so you can confidently break the mold. And I'm your host, Bad Bad PJ Brown, the artist, the educator, the retail grunt, the problem child, the one who's done it the hard way for decades, and now... I'm passing the savings on to you. So bring me your tired, your confused, your weirdos, your others yearning to breathe free. And if this sounds like you, grab your pen and grab your scratch pad. And let's figure this crap out together. Right here at Beauty Reform School. Not too many tacks to brass this week. But allergies are in full effect, and Mother Nature apparently is drunk and needs to go home. Speaking of allergies, I did learn a very interesting thing about them in urban spaces recently. Some of you may know that plants are either male, female, or both. Female plants tend to produce fruit, while male plants tend to pollinate them. But did you know that when parks were being developed in urban spaces, they soon discovered that female plants attracted the homeless, who naturally would congregate around them to get a free meal. Because when you're hungry, of course you would. So they quickly started to use male plants who would overpollinate because there was nowhere for the pollen to go. Hence, worse allergies for everyone. I wish I was surprised, but sadly, I am not. In other news, mask mandates are being relaxed all over, and I don't know how to feel. At the same time, new COVID cases are still turning up all over the place. People worry less because more people are vaccinated and boosted, but we still don't know the long-term effects it will have on us all. No facts there, just concerns. So everyone, be careful and use your discretion. While we're headed out more, if you are getting your beauty routine back on track and you need some help, did you know you could have your very own beauty consultant right at your fingertips? Well, you can. Let me tell you all about it. I've had a few people ask me about consultations and advice, and I have good news. Beauty Reform School now has a Patreon. Different tiers will give you different opportunities. You can contribute in small ways to offer support and help fund the production of the podcast, or you can contribute in larger ways and book one of the consultations with yours truly from everything from natural tutorial consultations to brand recommendations, troubleshooting, and advice. 
My very favorite is the mirror consultation where I will walk you through step-by-step step how to do a particular beauty application. I'll even demonstrate as we go. Your support will provide much needed things like helping with production costs, equipment, and hopefully one day being able to hire more staff. More staff leads to more services and hopefully one day even live shows. So go on over to patreon.com and sign up if you can. Did I mention you get a shout out on the podcast? Well, you do. Today's resources are from asbestos.com, drugwatch.com, USA Today, safecosmetics.org, webmd.com, and urbanroot.com, and Levert the Baseman. That was a lot. That was a lot of research to be done. And now, without further ado, let's get on with the episode. I think one of the best places to start is with Johnson and Johnson. Why? Because when I was looking up research for this episode, the first thing that popped up was the Johnson and Johnson scandal. I don't know if any of you have heard of it, but I feel like a lot of you have, because even a lot of the clients that I've had over the years have come to me concerned about talk in their cosmetics. Now, I had to explain to them that cosmetic talc was different, but the first cut is the deepest, you know? So once they, once this uh, scandal happened with Johnson & Johnson, people were forever changed and forever concerned, and rightfully so, because, you know, you need to know. But if you don't have the information, it just is a giant elephant in the room and it's scary and you don't know where to turn. So I'm going to tell you all about the Johnson & Johnson connection to asbestos. Here we go. Johnson & Johnson announced in October 2021 that its talc subsidiary filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The company had previously set aside nearly $4 billion to cover lawsuits claiming its iconic Johnson's baby powder caused cancer, including ovarian cancer and mesothelioma. To date, billions of dollars have been awarded to plaintiffs. The U.S. Department of Justice launched a criminal investigation in July 2019 to determine if Johnson & Johnson purposefully misled the public about asbestos fibers in its talcum powder. The Justice Department criminal investigation may take years to resolve. In 2018, a Rutgers... It is Rutgers? Yeah. Rutgers? I don't know. That's a really weird word. R-E-U-T-E-R-S. I'm not sure. You can let me know, please, if you, if you know. Anyway, an investigative report exposed company knowledge of asbestos contamination in its talc products tracing back decades. Tests from different labs found asbestos in Johnson & Johnson's talc from 1971 to the early 2000s and the company failed to report the findings to the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, also known as the FDA. 
retailers through the U.S. pulled J&J's talc-based baby powder from shelves in October 2019 after the U.S. Food and Drug Administration found asbestos in one of the containers. The container was part of a 33,000 bottle batch that the company voluntarily recalled on October 18, 2019. The discovery occurred during a review of 43 cosmetic samples in which the FDA found nine of them contaminated with asbestos. Asbestos is regulated at federal, state, and local levels of government. Talc is not regulated by any government agency. The cosmetic industry has been left to regulate its own use of talc, which has resulted in asbestos-contaminating consumer products. The FDA is conducting more tests of cosmetic products and is expected to release results in 2022, but has not released any new updates. As soon as they do, though, I expect we'll be back with another episode. For years, it's been well known that many sources of talc are naturally contaminated with asbestos, which causes mesothelioma. The two minerals often occur in the same geological formations. Despite this, J&J did not focus on the issues of asbestos contamination in baby powder, which is one of its flagship consumer products. Mm-hmm. So on to drugwatch.com. <laughs> it says, uh, Talc has been used in makeup for centuries, but talcum powder lawsuits and asbestos-tainted products have raised safety concerns among consumers. As researchers continue to study the link between talc and cancer, consumers can protect themselves by reading cosmetic labels and using products only as directed. Very important. Talc isn't only found in baby powder. Look at the label of your blush, face powder, or eyeshadow, and you'll likely see talc listed as an ingredient. But is makeup containing talc bad for you? According to the Food and Drug Administration, talc is generally recognized as safe for use in cosmetics and other products. Nonetheless, the ongoing debate over talcum powder's potential links to cancer has some women second-guessing their beauty routines and reports of asbestos contamination of makeup products marketed to kids have added to their worries. While there are still many unanswered questions about talcum powder, some data-supported facts exist about the controversial mineral and its use in makeup. Now, the cosmetic use of talc dates back centuries. 5,000 years ago, the people of Egypt and Northwest India used the naturally occurring mineral to lighten their skin. The Chinese made similar face powders from rice powder mixed with ground talc and a type of clay called kaolin. Today, talc is common ingredients in blush, eyeshadow, foundation, and numerous other beauty products. The soft mineral gives gives makeup a silky texture that makes it easier to apply. Talc also absorbs oil, prevents caking, and makes facial makeup more translucent. The following makeup products often contain talc. Foundation, concealer, blush, eyeshadow, face powder, mascara, 
rouge, eyeliner, eyebrow pencil, lipstick, moisturizing cream, lotion, and face masks. Butter up, buckle up, buttercup. <laughs> the amount of talc in makeup products differs from item to item. Face powders often contain up to 100% talc, according to a safety report from the Cosmetic Ingredient Review Expert Panel. Other products, such as aerosol makeup bases, can be up to 35% talc. You can find the percentage of talc in many CoverGirl makeup products in the National Library of Medicine's Household Products database. I will have a link there on the blog in the usual place on beautyreformschool.com in case you want to look it over. Now, most people tolerate talc well, but the mineral can have unintended side effects. Talc can cause problems if it's swallowed or inhaled. Additionally, if makeup containing talc gets into your eye, it can cause redness and the sensation that something is stuck in your eye. Is talc safe for skin? It's rarely bothersome to the skin. In fact, people use talc to soothe dry or irritated skin, but the powdery mineral can cause a problem if it gets under your skin through an open wound. According to, um, oh, applying talc to wounds can cause infections and inflammation. In a 2006 case report in the Journal of the European Academy of Dermatology and Venerology, described a six-year-old who developed hard pockets of inflammation on his face known as granulomas after applying talcum powder to chicken pox lesions. If you have any cuts or abrasions on your face or any on your skin, let's just say, it's probably best not to apply talc or makeup with talc in the skin. If you develop any signs of irritation or infection, on regions of skin where you've used a talc product, stop using it immediately and promptly see your doctor or a dermatologist. All right. Now, inhaling cosmetic talc can cause serious respiratory problems. Most reports involve a child or a baby who accidentally inhaled or swallowed baby powder, but face powder poisoning can also occur. Symptoms of face powder include um, oh, face powder poisoning include coughing, breathing trouble, eye irritation, and a burning sensation in the throat. can also cause abdominal pain, nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. Unlike talcum powder poisoning, face powder poisoning is rarely serious or fatal, but it may require emergency medical treatment if symptoms are severe. Okay. So... There's that. <laughs> I know that's a lot to take in. But what they're trying to say is just basic use of these products don't tend to cause a lot of problems if you do not apply them to broken skin, if you do not inhale them. But then that may, that leads me to think about this. I've seen a lot of people apply powder to their face and it's a huge cloud. You even see it in cartoons when people are powdering their face. It's this giant cloud where they disappear and you don't even see them. And I've actually seen that in real time. I've seen people powdering their face with so much product that there's a cloud. And I never liked that to begin with. So given this new piece of information, 
even more so disturbing. When you're applying powder, you know, I don't know if you've ever seen your makeup artist put their brush in the powder and tap off the excess. That is the reason why we're doing that. One, for buildup. You don't want extra buildup of product on the face. But another reason is you don't need that excess. You really, really don't. You do not need that excess. So less is more. Use sparingly. You don't have to dunk your brush in a giant vat of powder. It is not necessary. And if you have respiratory issues, it could also be a problem repeat, with repeated use. All right. Speaking of which, repeated inhalation of talc can also cause serious lung problems in adults, including including asthma, bronchitis, and talcosis, which is an inflammation of the lungs that can lead to stiffening or scarring of the lungs and lung failure. Um, common symptoms include shortness of breath and dry cough. All right. <clears throat> so keep that in mind. Now, I personally, I suffer from bronchitis. Um, so... That is something that if you have an ongoing issue, respiratory issue, you might want to be a little more careful. I will also go on to say that even though I do have bronchitis, I do use powder products, but I use them sparingly and responsibly. And if you're comfortable with doing that, you can do that too. If you are not, then don't. And if you need backup, Talk to your doctor or your dermatologist and ask them what's right for you. This is the part where I also remind you that I am not a medical professional. So you always refer back to your medical professional to find out if something is okay for you. Uh, moving on to USA Today, we have for decades, it's a staple of many parents changing tables, baby powder. But as with many child-rearing recommendations, some pediatricians now recommend avoiding the product completely. The American Pediatric Association recommends against using baby powder initially over concerns that talc, which was used in some products but has been largely phased out, could be inhaled and harm babies' lungs. There are currently safer baby powder options that use cornstarch as a talc substitute like the Honest Company's organic baby powder, which was recently voluntary, voluntarily recalled over rash concerns. But that's a whole other story. Now, I will say this. My family didn't use baby powder. We legit took a box of cornstarch off the shelf out of the kitchen cabinet and we used that on our children. And that's the way it always was for as long as I can remember. Um, but despite the alternative powders, the overall message is that the potential of inhaling any powder could be harmful, especially for premature babies or those with heart disease and asthma. And that's from David Soma, who is a pediatrician with the Mayo Clinic Children's Hospital. For parents who choose to use the cornstarch-based baby powder, which has larger particles and is not believed to be as harmful as talc-based powder, it's important to apply the product correctly. If you elect to use it, try to keep it well localized to the diaper and away from any area that can be inhaled. Use as little as possible, probably put it on your hands and then transfer it to the diaper area or gently sprinkle to the diaper area. All right. Now, 
Now we're headed over to safecosmetics.org. And it, they say some talc may contain the known carcinogen asbestos, therefore should be avoided in powders and other personal care products unless it is known to be asbestos free. And they said even, now this is important, even asbestos free talc should be avoided in the pelvic areas. Okay. So that, that is important. Now, a lot of people do use powder in their pelvic area. And uh, again, discretion, you make choices for yourself, you're grown, but you know, do so in an informed way. WebMD says, talc is a mineral mined from the earth because it's so good at absorbing moisture and easing friction, cosmetic companies often use it in baby powder, blush, eyeshadow, and other products. Now I'm gonna take a bead here and I'm gonna say, easing friction, yes. Shout out to the big people, shout out to the big ones. Now, I will personally tell you, and this is where I'm gonna get in on the microphone because I'm gonna tell you something very personal and intimate. Just kidding. I mean, kind of, but not really. What I'm going to tell you is I know for a fact that a lot of larger people, those of the more voluptuous, voluptuous, rubenesque variety, do tend to use baby powder to keep friction at bay. I personally do not use powder to keep friction at bay. I use chub rub. Chub Rub. May I shout out Chub Rub for a moment? It is a gel that you can use on the thighs. Um, in the I use it in the hotter months. If I get hot, I don't want my thighs to rub together. Or that's generally where I use it for myself. But I don't want my thighs to rub together if I can't wear um, leggings. Or a lot of times I'm wearing compression tights. And God bless us in the summertime when I'm using compression tights because they are hot. Um, but if I can't wear my compression tights, then I tend to use my chub rub because I do not like my thighs rubbing together in the heat. So if you do use powder and you want an alternative, chub rub is uh, fantastic. If the brand, and I believe chub rub is a brand, um, if you're trying to find something like it, it would be like a friction cream or something like that. I suggest just Googling chub rub and a few products will pop up for you. All right. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So it says, what's the link between asbestos and talc? Asbestos is a group of minerals similar to talc that are also mined. And it's also found in the same areas as talc. Sometimes asbestos can mix with talc as it is mined and processed. Asbestos is known to raise the risk of cancer in people who breathe it in. And that is why it's important for cosmetic companies to choose mining sites with care and test their talc regularly, especially for asbestos. And in 1976, a large cosmetic trade group issued guidelines that said all U.S. cosmetic products should be free of detectable amounts of asbestos. 
Now, what's the cancer connection? When looking at cancer risks, it's key to separate talc with asbestos from talc without it. Scientists say that it's clear that people who breathe in talc with asbestos are more likely to get cancer, especially if they do it regularly. The World Health Organization's International Agency for Research on Cancer lists it as a carcinogen, meaning cancer-causing. <clears throat> a study of more than 250,000 women between 1976 and 2017 found no significant link between women's use of talcum powder on their genitals and ovarian cancer. Still, scientists continue to study the topic. It may be that talc raises the risk for people in certain age groups or for particular types of ovarian cancer. Companies that make talc-based powder have faced thousands of lawsuits about their products. Johnson & Johnson stopped selling talc-based baby powder in 2020. The company has denied any cancer link. <sighs> Lastly, I'm going to leave a link on the blog from Urban Root. This is not a sponsored push, but it was one that I found um, for talc alternatives and where to buy them. Um, they had a list of ones that you could have. Uh, Urban Root, a family-based business in Austin, Texas that makes super effective and fabulous body dusting powders. Um, Bozak. It's a brand of powders for men targeting jack itch, summer cooling, and antiseptic. Aura's Amazing Herbal. Um, have uh, a bunch of few, they have a bunch of awesome fragrant blends and one unscented. Um, in sustainable packaging. Um, Farmstead Apothecary um, has a tapioca starch. And Fromanda. Um, it's another brand targeting men, and they have several scents um, using formula formulated with tapioca, cornstarch, arrowroot, baking soda. All right, so there are some alternatives, and they will also be on the blog. So check them out. So the biggest takeaway reminds me of something that my grandmother used to say, everything in moderation. If you have respiratory problems or a history of cancer in the family, it's probably best to avoid talc. And at the same time, certain kinds of talc can be safe in small doses and used carefully. Again, the same can be true for a lot of different kinds of chemicals. You just have to make wise decisions for yourself. Villainizing talc is one thing, but while you're at it, bear in mind a lot of other ingredients that we use every single day can be harmful in ways as well. So, as in all things, be sure to do your due diligence and be sure to do your research and continue to listen to podcasts like this one. I hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, it was a pleasure to bring it to you. If you haven't already, please remember to like, review, and share the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
I know it can be tedious from time to time, but it keeps us alive in the algorithm and it helps us continue to thrive. Feel free to interact and ask questions. That's how we know what kind of topics you most like us to make episodes for. Also, continue to send me your stories and your questions and your creative friends and anyone you think would be a great fit for me to talk to. And if you don't know how to do that, you can do it in one of three ways. On Facebook, Instagram, or you can go right to the source at beautyreformschool.com. And thank you so much for your listenership. And thank you in advance for your listenership in the future. And pencils down. Classes dismissed. And I'll see you next week. Thank you.